Welcome, family, friends, and new friends to our podcast, They Actually Survived. I'm your host, Selena. And I'm your co-host, Andy. So this week, we're going over the final details of Andy's story, Andy's own survival story. So far, it has been, there's so many, there's, we've run the gamut of emotions, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been funny, entertaining, but it's also scary. Um, and I think uh, you and me are pretty similar in the sense of like the thought process that we would go mm-hmm. through uh, when we're in a survival situation and mm-hmm. kind of the humor you take out of some of the crazy things and the crazy thought process that you have. Uh, the second episode, I, I don't mm. even know if you saw that, but I I did a subtitle. Um, so it was, of course, you know, Andy's own survival story, but it was like, I don't want to bother you because that's <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like that was like uh. the premise of episode two um, or, or excuse me, part two is like, oh, I don't want to bother her. I don't want to bother him. And there was one point where you were actually literally you you were going through the oxygen and they were huh. putting oxygen in your nose. And you're like, should I lie and tell her I feel it? It's like <laughs> <laughs> the crazy thoughts that go through your head. But I completely get it. I I know and I understand how you feel because it's like, oh, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to be a bother, yeah. you know. Dang, it's like your own survival, you know? <laughs> it's just my life on yeah, the line. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I don't want to bother them over my survivability. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was interesting, an interesting take on it. But I wanted to mm. go like the full circle, you know, how everything was after and mm. how it's been like even years later looking back, you know, on it compared to right. like when you were in it, you know? Right. In my own personal reference, I always like to think of this as you know, the chapter two portion of it because uh, I I, th- I think all the buzz uh, over any such story like this is going to be over the immediate stuff, the physical stuff, the injury, the immediate situation, and and not too many people tune in. I'm not speaking about our show, but just a just kind of a a, a statement or an observation that not too many people check in afterwards how uh, of how people feel mentally or emotionally afterwards. And so this is kind of why I call it chapter two, because this is where that uh, that kind of begins at a personal level. So just a, just sort of a, a resummary. It happened on Tuesday morning. I was in the hospital uh, Tuesday morning and I was discharged from the hospital Wednesday evening. So it's now Thursday morning when I wake up in my own bed and that's the moment where I kind of talk to myself and say, see, Andy, you just woke up in your own bed. You're good. You're fine. You're past it. And that's where we've talked about in previous episodes about like letting down the, your own shielding, your, your fight or flight instincts of, you know, trying to tough it out, survive a little longer, just enough to, to get you a little further. And this is the moment where I kind of let that all go. See, you woke up, you didn't die in your sleep, you're in your own bed, you're not in the hospital. See, your things are back to normal. Breathe out, you're good. <sighs> and so that reminds me like, hey, you have you were struggling to do that deep breathing, diaphragmatic breathing earlier in the hospital. Um how about now? You know, you're in you're in the comfort of your own home. You should be good now, right? And so I remember trying to take that deep breath and it's still not working. 
And I had given myself the excuse earlier in the hospital. Oh, well, maybe you fell on your stomach and you've got some internal bruising on your sore or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Move on to another topic. So now I'm out of excuses. <laughs> I'm now in my bed. I, tr I go for it and it doesn't work. And I don't know why. I, I, I straight up no longer have an excuse why. And so I move on. I'm like, well, what else was there? Oh, yeah, you wanted to look up a kilogram. So I like looked up a kilogram for you know the amount of blood loss. Uh, that wasn't really important. But um, the meat of it was uh, what the doctor said on, on, on morning number two. Of, Are you sure you're okay? You're down six units of blood from your baseline. So now I'm thinking, all right, let me go look up what that unit was. My thought when I was in the hospital uh, was back from my blood donor days that uh, an average human adult has about 10 units of blood in them, and a donation is about one unit uh, collected from that. And so she's essentially telling me I'm losing about 60% of my blood. Is that correct? And so I start you know, Googling it. And yeah, that's basically what that was. My recollection held up to that. Um, you know, so I'm telling myself like, wow, the doctor was, was uh, uh, that's what the doctor meant, that, that I, I essentially lost about 60%. Now that could probably mean like, 55 plus you know 55 percent you know there's some rounding there probably i'm not gonna say it was a full 60 it didn't sound like it was a full 60 percent okay so what does that mean in terms of the effects on the body so i start looking that up like how much blood loss oh i'm gonna end up on an fbi watch list how much blood loss is okay how much blood loss effects you know and, and um i remember seeing uh something to the effect that it's not until the body loses about 30% of its blood before you start to, to, to notice everyday um, changes in behavior. And that, that's a poor way to phrase that. But, but it's not until about 30% when you start to notice see something it. obvious. Yeah. Yes. You know, we as untrained, not medical staff yeah. whatsoever, we don't know to look for these kind of signs. And that was the daisy, you know, when you were kind of felt out of it at the light. Yeah. I, I, I think that happens even earlier maybe around 20 percent but it's not super noticeable it's not until 30 percent is when you start experiencing dizziness lightheadedness and fainting and when i read that i went ah okay that explains why i fell in the bathroom after losing all that blood you know in the toilet okay that makes sense hmm okay so this raises the bigger question then how much blood loss is okay before it becomes lethal or become before you start getting into uh, um, fatal territory and so i start looking that up and if i recall correctly it's about 40 to 50 percent blood losses where you can potentially die and so now i'm confronted with that fact and the words of my doctor saying you lost about 60 percent of your blood i'm now really faced with that fact there's no denying it there's no excuse to it anymore i can't hide from it i almost died from the amount of blood i lost and there's no excuse for it anymore and i don't know what to do in the bed i'm just sitting there speechless and i'm you know going through the events of everything in my head because i'm i'm a storyteller so i want to be able to try to uh, recall all the important details all the all the juicy details, all the boring details, just all the details as much as possible so that I can tell this story later. I, I, I have this moment where I'm sitting in the bed and I start to, I guess it's a panic attack or an anxiety attack. You know, my breathing starts to get really rapid, like I'm going to cry. 
I start to cry and immediately I'm like, nope, 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 bottle that back down. No, 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 put that, no, nope, nope, no time for that right now. Okay. And I'm starting to question whether or not I'm really okay, at least, you know, in a non-physical perspective, physically, uh, like emotionally, mentally, am I really okay with this? And so I, I tell myself, I'm going to go to work today and show everyone I'm okay. You're crazy. If they see me okay and they think I'm okay, then I can convince myself that I'm okay based off of their reaction. And so I go into work against everyone's wishes. My parents are like, no, I don't think you should. Are you, you should, you know, stay here. Also, your car's at work. How, how are you going to get to work? I'm like, well, you got a car. You can just drop me off at work. And like, okay, if you think that's best. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure that's best. And I, I get into work. My dad drops me off. I walk in. And I'm going down the hallway. I bump into the president of the company. And he tells me, you shouldn't be here. I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm here. Everything's good. Yay, go, go team. Uh, you know, and, and the HR uh, uh, lady, you know, sees me. She's like, I need to talk to you in, in, you know, uh, in my office. And she starts talking to me about like workers comp, you know, and I thank her for, for, for making the phone call that, that got me to the hospital in time. Um, and I'm just touched by the amount of um concern probably too yeah they gave me three cards like three cards got passed around my company oh my god people signed them they wrote messages you know and they were all over the place they were really 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 touching you know Uh, one of my favorites was um uh um was was from a co-worker who saw the card or who was handed the card um because he knew me you know he and i had chatted uh you know on frequent occasion and he, he grabbed the card he saw it was for me and he signed it. Happy birthday, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had to scratch it out because he didn't see what the card was really about. And then he wrote something like, yeah, well, soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's um, funny. And, and I think even a, a, a couple of people like signed multiple cards too. And I was like, wow, I, I am card worthy. <laughs> you know, okay, cool, cool. You know, and, and so now I'm telling everyone the story of like, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm in the hospital. I'm I'm in the bathroom. Uh, help! Uh, and, and the oxygen and the and the oh, you shouldn't be telling me this information. You know, Kevin, yeah. you're killing me. Blah blah blah. You know, and people are like laughing and engaging in it. And, and now, now, how do you feel it. though, as physically? Well, I know it, it, today we're kind of concentrating on emotional, but how do you feel physically? I'm I'm obviously weak. <laughs> I'm not I don't have any spring in my step. I'm yeah. like gingerly stepping around like I'm 80 years old. Um uh th- there's no fire, there's not as much fire in my voice. Yeah. Uh I I'm I'm very very weak vocally and I'm kind of taking phone calls like, "Oh yeah, hey, morning. How are you?" Yeah, no, I was just in the hospital. You know, I, I put a little, like, tagline in my email signatures of, like, I have returned from an unexpected hospitalization. If I was in the middle of something with you, please remind me. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. That's I, like good. National... So at least you can set yourself up and, and they understand. Right. There's an understanding there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, my national sales manager pulled me inside and was like, that was great what you did in that email. Yeah. Not everybody does that. I was like, well, you know, I just don't want to be a bother to anyone. <laughs> same old, same old. <laughs> no, but that, in a sense, you're forgiving yourself, too. Yeah. You know, like, you can't be expected to jump right back right, into work. Right into it. Exactly where you mm-hmm. left off. 
hey, I'm sorry I'm two days late. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure some things might have slipped your mind since then. You know, you had right, some exactly. other things on your mind, you know. Right, exactly. Now, is this while you're going through these things and you're putting on, mm. of, of course, the happy face. The facade. <laughs> yes, exactly, that everything's yeah. better now. I mean, yeah. are you in the back of your mind? Is it playing over and over again about, you yeah. know, what you read about? Um. It is because I mean I was trying not to acknowledge it, but you know it's, uh, here on you know, we're video calling, so you can see my background. This is that bed where I woke up and realized like, oh my god, <gasps> you know I'm having this panic attack, um, anxiety attack. Uh, I don't know which. Uh, and then now I'm at work the same day, and I've just told my immediate coworkers the full story because you know they've only gotten bits and pieces of it that they saw. Yeah, they still think the... you're beaten up. Right. And right <laughs> as I finish the story, I start to have another attack. And so I kind of like quickly excuse myself like, oh, I got it. You know, excuse me. You know, and I, I run into the restroom and I splash water on my face and, you know, try to calm down. I'm like, OK, this is weird. It's happened twice now. Uh, so I'm kind of just like gingerly walking about work physically. I am weakened. I am recovering. Uh, there was a moment where I was talking to like the plant manager uh, about an order. Someone had like asked to expedite the order. I brought it up to the plant manager and he said like, well, we'll need to consult with so-and-so, you know? And so he, he's a very fast walker. I think I'm a fast walker. He is, he beats me and now I'm weak at walking. And so he kind of like shoots off and I'm kind of meandering Shuffling behind him. Yeah, and he turns and he sees me, and you know he he's got a good sense of humor. He's like, "Come on, man, hurry up! Like, hurry up!" I'm like, "Oh man," you know. So I'm shuffling fast, and uh, I try to pretend that everything's normal, but I get this suspicion that it's not okay yet, and I'm tr still trying to ignore that suspicion. And so this is Thursday, and um, this is pretty much the end of chapter two, and what I call chapter three is kind of facing that emotional discomfort. Saturday, uh, one of my sisters says, like, hey, you want to come watch um, Far From Home? I think it's Far From Home. Side note, these Spider-Man movies are amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. With Tom Holland, they're, they're so great. You know, I'm going to plug it. I'm going to plug the hell out of it in our <laughs> podcast. But they're they are great. The other Spider-Mans were kind of like, whatever. Spider-Man's not really been my superhero. But these these past two movies just blew, blew, blew everything away. away. And and it's in this movie theater. I'm sitting down next to my sister watching this this Spider-Man movie. And it's 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 not till like the very end. Um, I'm I'm kind of bad when it comes to like acknowledging music. Uh, that's a whole se separate conversation. You know, I'm, I'm like musically stunted, we'll say. And so whenever there's like music in a movie or music in a scene or whatever, and if there's a service, it's like, what do you think of the music? I just go. You didn't even pay attention. Yeah, I wasn't aware there was music. I, the music must have been good. I didn't notice it, whatever. Um, and so there's this moment near, near I don't remember specifically where, but uh, near the end of, of this movie, you know, Spider-Man's trying to uh, like zip through the city and it's like the hero struggle. Like this is the life or death breaking point of the movie. We know what the stakes are. If you do this, you win. If you don't, the bad guy wins. People die, that, that kind of jazz. And the music is just bumping and I'm with it. My heart's beating with the adrenaline because I feel for, for Peter Parker and, and Spider-Man and what he's faced with. I don't know the, the wiring in my brain, the mechanisms, the cogs start turning. I start to acknowledge like, Hey, my heart's kind of pounding right now in the same way that my heart was when I was waking up in my bed and realizing I almost died. And in the same way that, I had just told, finished telling the story to my coworkers. It's and that I adrenaline. That I was 
about to die. I almost died in that. Um, I think this is uh, instance number three of that happening. You know, that whole earlier idea of I think there's a pattern forming. And, you know, in, in my definition, I think you need to have three to have a pattern. This is number three. And I'm, I'm kind of putting the pieces together with that of like, okay, heart's pounding, just like those two instances. Um, I think this is probably a panic attack or an anxiety attack. I think that there is something there emotionally and mentally that I've been trying to ignore. And this is the third instance of it. That is a pattern by definition. Um, okay, what's going on? What is this? How do you identify it? What Can you put a label on it? Okay, let's, this would probably fall under like mental trauma and, and, and mental health. Um, if it is, and I'm still giving myself that little wiggle room to say, no, it isn't, <laughs> but I'm, I'm exploring everything, uh, uh, that falls out of that line that out of that, out of that margin. But if it is mental health, if it is mental issues, if it is trauma, how would one go to address that? Um, what are they called? Psychologists, therapists, counselors, something like that. You know, any of the above, maybe all of the above. Okay. What do they say about uh, uh, like trauma and, 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 and having mental problems like that? They say like the, the hardest step is acknowledging that you have it and accepting that you have it. And I think we're at that point where I have to acknowledge it. That you're having the anxiety. Yeah, right? that there's, there's still, there's a mental wall here, an obstruction from, from what has happened, you know, we'll, we'll just call it trauma for simplicity. There's some mental trauma here that I've been trying to ignore that still has a grasp on me. And I've been trying to pretend it doesn't. And I, I don't think I have any room left to ignore it. I have to confront this. But I don't wanna <laughs> is what I'm telling myself. I don't want to acknowledge. You wanna that ignore this is really it. You wanna move on. past it like nothing happened. Nothing happened. It's all in your head. Yeah, about you're it. fine. You're, Everything's you're, you're, fine. It's behind you, right? Is that what you're telling yourself? Yeah, it's behind you. You're no longer in danger. It'll fix itself in time, you know. And I'm yeah. thinking like, well, I'm in the company of my sister and uh She's had some personal, you know, challenges as well. Um, if anyone in my family is going to understand this, she's the prime candidate. She will be the most receptive of, of whatever I have to say about this. Most, most understanding. understanding. Yeah. You are literally in the best audience you could possibly have <laughs> to confront this fact openly with another human being. You cannot have a better out uh, potential. So you should do it, Andy. But what if I don't, you know, what if I push it back another week? And, and so, you know, I, I realize I'm just tiptoeing on that line. I'm, tr I'm trying not to pass that line. I'm giving myself every little excuse. And so I tell myself, I have to just nudge myself. I just have to push myself. I don't have to go far over the line. I just need to go over the line and not, and, and not allow myself to back away from it. Yeah, from just say stuff. something. Say one say sentence. Yeah, just one sentence. Right. So I've got tears streaming down my face now. I'm crying in this in this movie. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to like choke it down. And I kind of lean over to my sister and I say, remind me that after this movie, there's something I want to talk about. And she's just like, okay. You know, she just nods her head and that's it. She's super cool about it, super chill about it. And uh -huh. I go back to my seat and I'm like, well, now it's too late. You can't go back. Yet. Good. <laughs> you know, damn it. But also good. But damn you. Damn yeah. me. No, I this get it. Yeah. 
I think you and me are, are a lot alike in, in a lot of parts, but yeah, that's exactly the way I would be. And sometimes yeah. you overthink things and you're like, I don't want to say oh, yeah. it. I don't want to say it because you don't yeah. want to bring up the don't fight or be in the fight or yeah, you, you don't want it to be out in the universe mm. because then it makes it true. If it's mm. not in the universe, it's not true. It's only your thoughts, <laughs> you know? So yeah. yeah, you do your best to try to shove it down or it's uncomfortable. We don't like that. It makes us uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. And so, you know, the the movie finishes and we're walking out and we're talking about, you know, Spider-Man lore, fiction, whatever. Uh, uh, I was going to say chronology, but I don't think that's the word. Canon, the canon of Spider-Man. And I don't remember if she brought it up like, hey, you told me that there was something you wanted to talk about. Or I think I might have just like, I'm going to rip that bandaid off. I already brought it up. It's already on her mind. I'm 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 going to take charge of this. I'm going to make the first move. And so I told her, hey, so... I want to talk to you about, um, I don't know how to put it, but there's something going on with me mentally and emotionally from after what happened. And I don't even remember the details of what she and I talked, uh, discussed about, but like we were in the car and I told her like, can you, can you do like a loop around the neighborhood? I'm not ready to go back home to mom and dad yet. I don't think they'll understand. Uh, they're an older generation. There's a language barrier. There's all sorts of, of, of challenges I will have when trying to talk to my parents about this. And, and recognizing that I have some kind of mental trauma over it. So mental it's just you and her, trauma. too, at this point, it's, right? Right. It's just the two of us in the car. We're just doing laps around the neighborhood. Yeah, because, and, and well, she's... obviously, yeah, and that you don't want to over-concern your parents. They yeah. may not understand exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I, I'm, not, I'm not even sure they understood what physically happened, despite being there in the hospital, despite me trying to tell them, you know, yeah. you know we can state what had happened. I'm not sure they fully understood. And... And, you know, we're in the car and she's telling me like, hey, this is very good that you're recognizing this, especially how you're recognizing it so quickly. You know, some people put it off for months. Some people put it off for years. Some people never acknowledge it. And you're doing it like two or three days afterwards. That's amazing. Good. Keep it up. Do, you know, do what you got to do. There are sources of help. You can find counselors. You can go to, you go to your hospital, you know, mine is Kaiser Permanente. She's like, I'm sure you can talk to your doctor and, and get a referral to, to a specialist, a counselor, this, that, whatever, you know, like, this is good. Keep it up. What can I do to help you? And I told her like, um, I think right now, if you can just, uh, when we get home, can you just distract mom and dad so that I can like run up to my room and hide and cry a little bit you know and process <laughs> this a little further and she was like sure no problem you know yeah so, I got you so, so we get home and you know she just dives in hey, mom dad blah, blah blah you know how was the movie oh it was good you know and I scurry up to my room and I'm like oh wow that was amazing you know and um, I'm sitting in front of my computer uh, thinking about it like okay it that is such a relief to have told my sister this. Like it, it really does feel like the the heavy weight being lifted off your your chest, off of your shoulder. This this huge relief, and for the first time, I'm I'm able to breathe from my diaphragm again. I gave it a try in the car, and I was able to take that deep breath. I'm like, oh my god, this this is an obvious answer the obvious sign that this is what it was that was yeah. holding me back in the hospital in my bed i can breathe again i can breathe again yeah <laughs> how amazing is that simple idea that i can breathe again yeah it's just like all of the anxiety sitting on your chest yeah. had an, a physical effect yeah yeah, yeah. And and so I'm, the wheels are still turning and I'm thinking like, okay, it felt good to to release this and share this with someone. 
I need to share this with more people. I, I, I need to push that line further, further outwards so that yeah. it becomes impossible to retreat behind it. And so I start telling my, my, my close friends uh, online, like, hey, um, I'm just, you know, not trying to concern you guys. There you go. I don't want to be a bother anyone. Yeah. I'm just letting you all know that I recognize that I probably have some mental and emotional trauma from what just happened to me. You know, I'm putting it out there, letting you guys know that I now know I'm not asking you guys to do anything. <laughs> I'm just letting you guys know that I know now. So uh, we don't have to dance around that topic if yeah. you guys want to bring yeah. it up. And, you know, there was... A it was an immediate outpouring from that circle of friends saying like good on you for recognizing that amazing great fantastic we're here for you we love you and i'm like oh this is great this is amazing okay um i gotta keep i gotta keep going with this i i, I gotta tell everyone um who do i tell next and so i'm thinking about my sisters and i'm like uh, i don't know how I'm, you know ready to tell my next two sisters and so i start crafting a message to to the to my third sister who who you know was just at the the movie theater with, with me she's downstairs talking to my parents and I start crafting this message like, hey, can I ask you for another favor? Can you tell uh, uh, the other two sisters? And then I stop myself. I'm like, why am I making her do it? I should do that. I should own it. Delete, 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 delete. And so like, I start crafting um, a Facebook message to, to all of my sisters you know, and say, hey, um, not trying to be a bother to anyone. I'm just letting you all know that I now recognize that there's something going on internally, emotionally, mentally, and uh, I'm not saying I'm good now. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm good now. I'm just saying it's good that I now recognize that this is definitely going on, or there's at least a very high chance that this is going on. I'm still giving myself a little bit of wiggle room, but yeah. I'm not using, yeah. using it. Um, and you know, their response is also an outpouring of love. There's nobody who responded crumbly there was no negativity there was nobody who told me nah i don't think that's what it is um yeah and so i'm recognizing this feels great and i'm trying you know i'm opening up to to more and more friends like who else can i tell this to who else can i share this to who else can i can can i put this out in the world to and uh, so that following week i go back to work i end up telling my bosses this like the president of the company and the vice president of the company i sat them down uh individually i think and i told them hey i want you to know that I recognize that there could be something wrong with me mentally and emotionally as I'm still trying to process that. So if in the course of work, I look like I'm freaking out and I'm like panicking and I run off to the restroom and like wash my face, we're good. <laughs> That's what that is. It's me processing it mentally, phys physically, emotionally, and it might take on other forms. Like maybe I'm just going to walk out of work one day. <laughs> To process that information all right be cool with me and i'll be cool with you and you know they they were both uh understanding and re uh, receiving of that how adult of you to to take that on you know uh and bring it forward to your professional life like yeah. before it became a problem you know like right. in your work life like just if you just yeah. left and they're like, what happened? What was that all about? Yeah, exactly. Know. He was just having a bad day. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's good that you recognize that. And that was definitely a very emotionally mm. intelligent way to like go about it and, you know, um, combat it in a sense, you know. And yeah, a lot of people don't do that for sure. 100% right. myself included. Uh, we don't tell everybody like, yeah. you know, when you're not feeling good or especially mental health, that's such a big hang up. Like, mm -hmm. um, and it can be perceived as weakness, yeah. you know, there's a lot of stigma. Totally.
Yeah, hundred percent. Tons of stigma behind it. But how That's great our fault as a society. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you're definitely right. And um I unfortunately I do have mm. the stigma myself, you know, like mm. when I don't feel good or mm-hmm. um when I feel I wanted to say weak and it, you know, I don't, I, I, I know that's the worst word to, to associate with it, but, you know, I do feel weak if I were to tell my, my coworkers that, or if I were to expose that, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. crazy that you, you thought that and, and it worked, you know, and that's so like, man, I can't commend you enough for that. Like, to bring bring it forward to everybody, you know, to, you. to have the courage, you know? Uh, in that regard, I do want to say it, it's been nothing but good ever since I put it out there. There's, there's been no bad. And uh, the other way I can try to describe it was that it felt like I was taking back control of that traumatizing event. Uh, yeah. And every time I shared that story, it became easier to say it. It became easier to acknowledge that, uh, uh, you know, one, how close I came to dying, and two, the effects it had on me uh, mentally and emotionally afterwards. I'm not saying there's zero trauma behind it anymore, but every time I've shared that, that story, that trauma has shrunk more and more and more and more and more to the point where uh, you and I can have this conversation. I remember when... when I'm crying when... right now. I can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find I... tissues. <laughs> You know, I remember when you when you brought it up to me, like, hey, what if we did your story? And the morning of the recording for, for part one, I was, you know, kind of rehearsing it, going, you know, going, going over it in your head, deep dive, yeah. what happened, chron- uh, chronological order. Um, and when I was rehearsing it in private, I teared up and I was, you know, started to have a little bit of um, that uh, the trouble breathing, uh, living through that trauma and thinking like, okay this might happen during the recording and but when it came down to the actual recording i don't think i i know it didn't happen as badly as it did in private uh in the privacy of my bedroom before you know during the practice uh during the rehearsing of it the re- uh, recollection of it um <laughs> and it it, it kind of brings us full circle because i remember telling myself after exiting the hospital after having this this mental emotional epiphany and sharing it out to to a lot of people and 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 how great it felt afterwards i told myself i wasn't going to put this online uh for a year i didn't want that sort of initial like facebook outpouring of likes and heart signs and oh you know thoughts and prayers and you know i i didn't want that virtual kind of reaction be it sincere be it just token be it this or that i I didn't want to put it out there for a year and so i waited the full year and then i wrote it up uh i put posted it in chapters chapter one of the event chapter two of waking up in my own bed that we just covered uh, today and chapter three having that that acknowledgement and 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 realization in, in the movie theater uh afterwards um i put that up there and that's kind of how we came to having this podcast i believe yeah, you had read exactly. that story uh and realized this is this is the person i'm looking for as a co-host for this podcast idea and and here we are today uh, yeah how crazy huh yeah like how it comes full yeah. circle it's been great since it's it, it really has been 
I've got a girlfriend now. It's amazing. Aww. I told her I told her all of this on the first date. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did. We had we had like a seven hour long first date. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> we just you know I I I went into it thinking like I'm just gonna tell her everything. If it's a problem, then yeah, then you know, then it, it was a sign that the relationship wasn't meant to be. <laughs> if she can handle it, that would be phenomenal and amazing. So I shared stuff. She shared stuff. And I just told her straight up, you know, a couple months ago, I almost died <laughs> um, at work, bleeding in a restroom. This is how it went. Uh, and she, she, she handled it. She handled it very well. She was like, wow, okay, good on you. Awesome. Now, how has it been, uh, you know, you've had an outpouring of support. Like, mm -hmm. did you feel like, you know, because you mentioned about token, mm -hmm. token Facebook likes and things <laughs> like that. I mean, it sounds like for the most part, your close friends that you did uh, mm -hmm. share this story with and share, you know, the emotional aspect mm -hmm. of it, like that it was nothing but support on their side, right? Yeah, I, I think, I, I don't know if that's, I, I, I don't know if I was aware that that was what I was after or I was uh, privy to, to that eventuality but i think i handled it in a very good way i shared it with the people who i felt needed to know it now the immediate groups and that's plural because i did it group by group and i uh i got to see their reactions um from, i got to see the reactions from the people who i know and love and who i thought know and love me as well and you know there was a kind of vindication you know maybe maybe that's a bit selfish of me or maybe that's just what i needed maybe yeah maybe you needed that and if that's what you needed that was best for you you know right uh it, it, you know reflecting on it if i had just gone straight to facebook straight to social media and blasted it out there and gotten a hundred likes or shares or this or that or whatever, I feel that that really, really would have muddled the reaction from people because then it would have been all over the place. One person liked it, that's it. One person saw it, that's it. One person posted a comment, oh, hugs, you know. Uh, but I got to have a lot of real reactions from people one-on-one -on -one telling me, hey, good job. I'm proud that you acknowledge this fact. I won't you know, I won't repeat this. I won't put this out there, you know, because this is your thing, not my thing. I'm not going to violate that trust. And I was like, I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> you yeah. don't have to. Yeah. You're good. This is my fact. I'm going to own it. This is me. This is my world. This is my reality. Hello. How are you? And I, I, like I said before, it felt like I was taking back control of what happened. And, and you know, I'm now able to kind of talk about it without turning into an emotional puddle <laughs> yeah exactly but it it just uh it blows my mind though the the level at how tuned in you are to you know your emotions and and the realization of that and that's mm -hmm. not a normal man you know as in society, normal man, we're taught to bottle, 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 like, you know, just mm -hmm. like you had talked about, you know, when things mm -hmm. start to come mm -hmm. up, you bottle them up, you know, because mm -hmm. it makes you uncomfortable and, and you know, it's and not macho. It's yeah, not yeah, manly. You're exactly. bothering everyone with yeah. your problems. I mean, even me, it's very, very hard for me to to admit, like, when I'm mm -hmm. not exactly happy or when, you know, I'm emotional or when, you know, because it's, it is society, you know, in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the fact that you showed your vulnerability, even at work, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. such a big thing for me to, 
to not show, you know, vulnerability at work and, um, you know, so that was crazy though, uh, that you, you came out with that and that like, that's so much better than I could have ever done. So (laughs) it was like, that's so awesome though, that you were able and it helped yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely something I was trying to, to get out of it was that you can, find all the motivational speeches out there you can find all the motivational stories out there and they might help you they might have an effect on you they might not you know that's that's a very personal subjective thing uh, it could be a, a quote-unquote feel-good story you know but you might wait hand wave it off as like yeah well you know that's that's a fairy tale sure it happened to someone yeah in reality but you know i don't know them who are they to me yes and so i thought if i'm very vocal about this if I put it out there unashamedly, maybe there are people I know who are running in my circles or people who are in you know, the outermost circles, a friend of a friend or something like that, who can tap into that and go, hey, I know that guy. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I get what he's going through. I'm going through something myself. Uh, you know, maybe that gives them a, a private courage. Maybe yeah. that gives them a private support. Maybe it, it, it helps them embrace what what they're going through and, and, and address it openly, whatever. I'm, I'm not here to tell you, you need to talk about it out loud and proud or whatever. You know, I'm just trying to put it out there and say, I hope this helps. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like it does. I mean, you've just told me that it, it's, it's helping you. And that's one life helped, <laughs> one life touched <laughs> yeah. in that regard. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's nice, though, that you were able to make yourself like vulnerable in a sense, like showing your vulnerability showed your strength do you know what i mean yeah yeah i don't think we as a society make that connection you know that vulnerability is sometimes strength right i i I think about it like it's how you handle that vulnerability if you continue to treat it as a vulnerability and hide it and try to cover it up that vulnerability is just getting larger it it becomes a, a much more uh I don't want to use this word, but I think it's, it's it's contextually appropriate. It makes you weaker when that vulnerability is finally hit. It's going to get hit. It's probably going to get hit. You're probably just uh, deluding yourself, pretending it doesn't actually exist. So yeah. you don't, you don't know. It's going to, somebody's going to touch on it. Someone's going to trigger that. Someone's going to say something or you're going to run into something and it's going to bring up everything All you've been of it pushing back. down. Yeah. And that, that cork is going to just pop right off and everything's going to spill over and you won't have as much control when that happens. So my, my thought was if I just, you know, pop that cork now and spill it while there's not so much pressure. And the more I do that, you know, I'm, I'm handling smaller cleanups uh, at a time yeah. as opposed to one giant mess that I don't know when it's going to happen, yeah. where it's going to happen. And uh, yeah. And you took back the control. Yeah. Too. I like that. You know, you controlled yeah. the conversation and you, you know, like instead of letting it just happen and just like you said, mm-hmm. things coming up out of nowhere and just like, mm-hmm. yeah, and just bringing that around. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's crazy, though, man, just to dang, just the heaviness of like <laughs> finding out that like, man, you know, you could no longer be here, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to cry too much. <laughs> All right. I'll sh- let me share something funny then, because this is this isn't something this isn't something I brought up. I don't believe I brought this up at any point in in, in, in recording of the story. But 
at a very young age, there was this seed of thought put in my head from my parents, something I, I just considered cultural. You know, you're sitting on a couch, you get up, there's now a free spot. So now you want to go sit in that couch. And, you know, the, I'm a family of six. I've got, I've got three older sisters, my parents and I, you know, there, there were six of us in the household. So whenever a free spot opened up on the couch, I'd hop on. And my mom would tell me like, no, 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 no. You don't want to sit there too quickly. I'm like, why? She's like, you don't want to sit while the seat's warm. I'm like, I thought that's exactly why people want to sit on it, yeah. you know? And she told me like, no, no, no. If you sit on a seat while it's still warm, you're going to grow something in your butt. It's bad. And I'm like, oh no, you know? And, <laughs> and so growing up, I'm like, that sounds a little bit ridiculous. Mm, you know, there's, there's a lot of weird like folklore and culture like that. And I'm trying to grow up and weave through it all. And I'm like, mm, I don't, I don't think there's any truth to that. And, <laughs> and I've always, you know, I've always thought myself like, I'm going to be a weird, interesting person. I'm going to, I'm going to change this world. I'm going to be great. I'm going to invent something. I'm going to be president. I'm going to, I'm going to do something phenomenal. And everyone's going to love me. It's going to be amazing. Or, uh, uh, but, but if that's all true, then it's going to come at some ridiculous cost. Like I'm going to die of something stupid, like butt cancer. You know, this is like eight-year-old me telling me, I'm going to die of something stupid like butt cancer. No offense to anyone with butt cancer out there. <laughs> so here I am, you know, at the age of, uh, what was I, like 29 at the time in the, in, in the bathroom floor thinking like part of, there's a little deep seat of thought coming up to the surface like, it's the butt cancer. <laughs> it's here to take you. <laughs> You're going to die in a bathroom from undiagnosed butt cancer, Andy. This is it. This is how you end. And part of me was like, no, <laughs> not now. <laughs> not to that. <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had a little, <laughs> you know, our, our dark comedy. Oh, morbid. I know. That's all. That's for sure me, man. That that yeah. would be me, too. But... Not today, butt cancer. Not today. <laughs> all right. Well, I totally, that was like an awesome, awesome story. And you're truly like the hero in that Thank story. You. So I'm still crying. <laughs> Not today, but cancer. So I'm yeah. so, yeah, I'm so glad that you're still with us. And I'm so glad well, that like oh, we ended up here. doing this. Yeah, it's good to be here, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like I said before, it's horrible that you went through this, but mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm awesome that you came out of it so much stronger. better <laughs> stronger you know yeah. a stronger person for it so that's super cool and right that was it was so Thank exciting you. just to like hear your story the, all the way through and it was talk about a roller coaster there was so many points of like how scary it was and how intense but the humor that you find in things like you know that's exactly me <laughs> all right well i'm done with the story but if you have anything else to add you're done. I'm I'm done. I think that's it. I yeah. think that's the whole story. You can you yeah. can you can bury that. <laughs> <laughs> Put it behind us. Good. Good. I love uh, it though. I love the story. If you guys ever want to share your stories, you can always share your stories with us to your own survival stories, uh, just like Andy's, uh, and take us through the entire course, including, you know, the aftermath, like we all, we talked about uh, with his story. Uh, you could always yeah. email us at info at theyactuallysurvive.com. Of course, you guys can always follow us on social media. Find us anywhere, which way, at theyactuallysurvive. Mm -hmm. uh, that's all I got for today.
How about you? Yep, that's pretty much what I've got as well. So thank you all for listening. And remember that you too can actually survive. Thanks, guys.